0: In this episode, our Talk Toronto professional development series hosted up Marketing Your Book session with Sarah Maniacci from Smith Publicity, as she shares creative ways to market your book so that it gets the attention it deserves. I want to welcome our next speaker. Sarah Maniacci is a senior account executive at Smith Publicity. Uh, which does a lot of book publicity uh, so she's a great expert uh, on uh, publicizing yourself and your book uh, she holds a Bachelor of Arts in communications from Ryerson as well as a postgraduate certificate in editing from George Brown College having worked in a variety of roles in fields that include education health and wellness entertainment entertainment. Fine arts and publishing through the public, private, and not-for-profit sectors, Sarah brings a ro- broad range of knowledge and experience and a strong work ethic to her work in PR. The media outlets where she's placed coverage is about 18 pages long, but at and a very short little list of them include ABC, CBS, NBC, NPR, Fox, CNBC, BBC, CBC, People Magazine, <laughs> Wall Street, New York Times... New York Magazine, Forbes, Globe and Mail, National Post, Toronto Star, yada, yada. You get the idea. She knows a lot about book publishing or book publicity. And, you know, Zalika and I and all the team at DD, our focus is uh, through the mentoring programs on helping people develop their craft by connecting them with mentors. And you think writing the book is the hardest part, especially since, you know, seven On average, Quill & Quire tells us that the first book takes seven years to complete uh, and get published. And then you think getting a publisher is very hard, but that's only a quarter of the distance. Now you actually have to market the book. And it is increasingly as much your responsibility as it is your publisher's. And the writers who do well in this industry and have a long career are the ones who are willing to market their work. And so I'm absolutely delighted, and I ask you to join me in welcoming Sarah to share her insights with us.
1: Thanks. Hi, guys. Um, I'm really excited to be here and talking to you all today. And um, as Helen mentioned, I have been in book PR specifically for quite a while now, just over 10 years, which is crazy. I still remember every single book I have ever worked on, which is like into the hundreds at this point. And really across pretty much every genre and type imaginable. So something I want to preface this entire conversation by saying today is that there is like no one-size-fits-all approach and there are a lot of factors to take into account when you are thinking about marketing and publicity and promotion ranging from are you fiction, are you non-fiction, are you literary, are you genre, are you anthology, short fiction? Are you traditionally published with a big five house? Are you with the small press? Are you going at it as an indie author? Where in your career as an author are you? All of these are considerations that are gonna be really important as you're sort of figuring out what to do in respect to um, marketing and publicity. So if you ever have any specific questions about anything, please feel free to ask me. But otherwise, I will try to give you some tips today. Um, and I'd love to really have like a engaged discussion as well um, and answer as many specific questions as we can. First and foremost, I want to say it is a tremendous accomplishment to write a book and to release a book. It is the hard work. I'm going to be contrary in this respect. It is the hard work and it is the important work. You cannot successfully promote work that isn't there. The book ultimately needs to stand on its own. So that is your focus as a creator. And I think that too often, particularly in this age of social media and, you know, we should all be brilliant and witty on Twitter and have 80,000 followers, that sort of gets like lost in the shuffle. The idea that your work is actually still to to produce the work. So don't lose sight of that, and you know don't lose sight of why you want to do this and why you are doing this. Because the truth is, it's a really hard industry and it's a really hard business. And if you're, I I don't think any of you are doing it because you want to be rock stars at self promoting. So keep in mind why you are doing it. Oh, I'm sorry. And don't lose sight of that uh, because the, the road to, you know, marketing and publicity can get a little, little stressful and can feel all-consuming. And I've worked with enough authors, both debut authors and veteran authors, you know, who start to feel kind of really miserable around the marketing and publicity uh, side of things. Because it, it can be demanding and it can ask things of you that aren't necessarily, you know, the things you're most comfortable with. So try to just, you know, keep your focus on, on your work um, and on the stuff that you can control because a lot of it you cannot. So that, all of that being said, obviously you would not create the work if you did not want people to read it. Or you might create it, but you wouldn't release the work if you didn't want people to read it. So as much as marketing and PR can get sort of a bad rap, it is essential. And I want you guys to feel like empowered and excited about that process and not sort of nervous and anxiety ridden. Um, So that's what we're going to talk about today. (laughs) More than anything, uh, what I really want to share with you guys is a framework for how how to approach this, how to be thinking about it. Because as mentioned, a lot of the specifics are going to be very specific to you and your work. Every book and author are genuinely unique. The word unique isn't that unique, but every book and author really are. And it would be really, really difficult, if not impossible, for me to sit here today and say, here are 10 things that you all should absolutely do. Because for every single one of you, those 10 things are probably different. So I'm not going to tell you that, you know, you need to build a great social media presence. And I'm not going to tell you that, You need to get out there and network and, you know, be this charming influencer. And like, that doesn't come naturally to all of us. And for authors for whom it does, that's great. And they're great at it. And if authentically that's you, you're like a go-getter extrovert. And I've known authors who are, and they're quite something to behold. (laughs) But that's not actually necessary. If it's not coming organically to you, don't do it it would be would be my advice. So what I am gonna tell you it's your job to be as an author, a writer who wants to engage in marketing your work are the following things. It is your job to be as proactive as possible regarding your career. You are an entrepreneur. You need to think about your writing career like a brick and mortar like business. Like you have a shop. Like would you let the shop you get, get dirty and outdated and messy. Like, no, you wouldn't. So think about your presence online and in person in the same way. It's your job to be taking care of your business. This means like doing research on the industry and its various roles and functions. You guys have no idea how many conversations I have had uh, with authors who approach me or colleagues and say, I need a publicist and don't actually understand what a publicist does. Don't be that author. Google is your friend. There's a lot of information out there that's like free. And it's going to be, you're going to be much happier and more successful if you're walking into this whole industry equipped with some knowledge and not just sort of being led around by the nose, by others who may or may not be telling you the whole truth. Or, you know, not necessarily withholding the truth, but they only know their piece of the pie. So, like, really educate yourself. Get to know industry trends and, and what's going on. Um, get to know who your comps are. And this is something I sort of want to talk about more, and we will. But I think it's really important to realistically look at your work and identify where it sits in the market. That is my number, number one piece of marketing and publicity advice. Your book is not for everyone. I know that that's a hard truth to accept sometimes, but even if it is, even if it is for everybody and everybody who reads it winds up loving it, that's actually not an effective way to approach marketing and publicity. It's much more effective to be quite specific. I had the opportunity to chat with somebody recently uh, about my very, uh, I'm just going to give an anecdote here. My very first trip to New York as a little baby like book publicist, I had booked a client on the Today Show. It was very exciting. And this was like 2008 or something like that. And I uh, had the opportunity to sit down in the green room before the segment with the guest booker who I had pitched and you know sent a press release and kit to and worked back and forth on segment ideas and angles and had finally decided to you know, send my client in and do a segment with them. And I'm sitting there like... <sighs> Tell me all your secrets. Like, what do I need to know to get every single author I work with on this show? And they said, okay, sure. I will tell you a secret, which is we have a viewer. We, We have millions of viewers, but we actually have a viewer. And her name is Judy. She's 37 years old. She lives in Dayton, Ohio. She has three children. Her husband works in construction or law enforcement. And these are her primary concerns. Every single segment we book has to work for Judy. And if it doesn't, we don't book it. I was like my my mind exploded, I was like but of but of course, what a beautiful way of understanding your brand and ensuring that everything you do is is on brand. Obviously, their audience is more diverse than Judy, but that was a really clear way for them to assess every pitch, every book that comes in and say. Yes, no, maybe. Is this a turn off or a turn on to that person who we want to be our viewer, to that demographic? I encourage you all to think about your book in a very similar way, or your brand as an author in a very similar way. It's not to be exclusionary. It's not to say that there aren't like 10 or 50 or 100 subcategories underneath that reader that also make sense. But it is to say that you're gonna be much more successful if you're, if you're quite focused with your brand. Be authentic to yourself. Push the limits of your comfort zone when and where it makes sense to do so. But if it really doesn't feel right, you know, if you're working with an in-house publicity team or an external marketing person, and they're like, oh, no, like, you absolutely need to, you know, be tweeting six to ten times a day. And you're like, I don't like that, and I feel really weird every time I do it. Don't do it. It will show. It is not necessary to be really good at social media to be a successful author. I think we have enough case studies uh, out there that that show that. There are plenty of authors who don't even have Twitter who are quite successful. It comes back to the work. Don't get pushed into things that you don't feel like doing because number 1, if you're not naturally inclined towards them, you're not going to be very good at them and they're not really going to work that well for you. And number 2, you're just going to sort of feel bad in the process and this should be a positive experience for you. I also think it's your job to be collaborative with your team, whether you're indie publishing or with a small press or with a big house. This really is a matter of like, it takes a village to bring a book out into the market and gone are the days. If they ever existed of, you know, waltzing into the fifth Avenue offices of Penguin Random House and everybody falling at your feet and saying, we've, you know, we've, Decided we have a $550,000 marketing budget for you. Like, work with your team. Provide them with your ideas. You know your market. You know your reader better than any publicist or marketing person might. So so use that. Don't feel shy about that. And to go back a little bit to identifying your brand, that's that really comes in handy there. Because if you can identify your Judy, you can figure out quite easily... What shows do they watch? What podcasts do they listen to? What newspapers and media outlets do they read? Are they a New York Review of Books person or are they like a People Magazine person? That's gonna tell you a lot about your book and your media targets in relation to getting publicity for it. Are they a CBC person or are they an eTalk person? These are very simple questions, but they don't actually get asked all that often. And that's where the, my book is for everyone problem. Comes in Your marketing people, your publicists are going to have a really hard time with your project. And your publisher will have a hard time selling it to retailers as well, for that matter. They they like things to be able to go on a shelf. So a few practical tips, and then I would love to field questions and hear what you guys have to say. Get a website. That's absolutely essential. It does not have to be fancy. Squarespace is amazing. It'll cost you like 50 bucks to get your domain and your page. It should have, you know, it should just be a centralized, like, home for you on the internet so that when people do hear an interview with you or read a review of your book, they can Google you and something pops up. It's not just Amazon or Indigo's website. If you're comfortable with it, build a mailing list. That can be really, really powerful. You can start with your friends and family and acquaintances and your friends and family's acquaintances. but. One thing you should have on your website is a sign-up button for your newsletter for people to receive news about events or special discounts maybe that you're doing on backlist titles or on your current title or signings or media appearances. Or you can send out a quarterly newsletter that says, you know, my book got these three great reviews in the past four months and I'm going to be on this radio show next week and appearing on the east coast of Canada next summer. So if you're around, let me know. It's a really, really nice way to stay engaged with your readers and also be able to provide like bonus content like excerpts or short fiction or other little things to sort of keep them engaged with you between books or in anticipation of your book. Having that consistent touch point is really nice. And obviously newsletter etiquette could be a whole hour in and of itself. Um, So we won't get into that, but I do think newsletters for pretty much every author can be really useful. Something that I think doesn't immediately read as a marketing and publicity tip, but to me it definitely is, is read a lot and subscribe to relevant industry publications. You know, I'm sure you all are pretty well versed in uh, craft-oriented stuff, like about the actual writing process. But very often I see a knowledge gap with the authors I work with where industry news is concerned. So some newsletters and websites I would personally recommend include PW Daily. So that's Publishers Weekly's daily newsletter. You will learn more in in subscribing to that for a week about the publishing industry than like a five-hour consultation with me could, could give you. Just seeing what sort of activity is going on in terms of genre trends and what media placements are are turning the wheel in terms of book sales. That's a big thing you'll see in these as well. There's a lot of information in there. What, What trade shows in the industry are important. When ALA Midwinter is, how far in advance the big books of a season sort of get selected. That's something that comes as a surprise to a lot of new authors is that it's six to eight months prior to publication date that we in the industry know which books are going to really hit. Like, I could tell you right now, in January and February, you can expect that these five books will be talked about everywhere because they were being promoted at Book Expo in May in New York, and that's when the advanced copies happen. So PW Daily uh, is a great one. NetGalley has a blog called their Insights Blog, the NetGalley Insights Blog, and they do a a once-a-week sort of Long form interview with an author who's been really successful with a creative marketing strategy or with a publisher who has capitalized on some trend. It's very informative. Library Journal has, I think it's daily, a newsletter called Book Pulse. And that's a really good one for staying on top of trends in the industry and also media placements. Uh, Basically, what Book Pulse does is it reports on what books are in the news every single day. So yeah, this book, you know, was just reviewed in the Los Angeles Review of Books, and the author will be on NPR Fresh Air this afternoon. This book was included in Entertainment Weekly's 10 Most Anticipated Fall Fiction, and so on and so forth. It's a really nice way to start to frame how you're perceiving media and what hits are valuable and what hits are maybe less valuable, and like how to capitalize on on that. Shelf Awareness is a newsletter that actually has two editions: Shelf Awareness Pro. Uh, which has a subscriber base. You can definitely subscribe to it, but it has a subscriber base of librarians and booksellers. So it's a daily newsletter that they all read across North America. That has lots of news about like store openings and closings, also, you know, really data-driven industry trends, and then some book reporting, uh, reviews, and author interviews, and that sort of stuff. And there's also Shelf for Readers, which goes to a much larger list. And that list is comprised of people who have signed up to their local indie bookstores mailing list. So Shelf Awareness works with local indie bookstores throughout North America to share mailing lists. And this is a very, very engaged group of book lovers, as you might imagine, because they signed up for their local indies mailing list. Writers Digest and Poets and Writers, those are both Outlets, I would very much recommend subscribing to and giving a glance like once a month even as well. Something else you can do, get verified author profiles on your platforms ASAP, particularly Goodreads. Goodreads is super, super important. And in order to get a verified author profile on Goodreads, you do need to have a book that has an ISBN and a publication date and is listed on some retailer somewhere. But in advance of that, you can create a Goodreads profile and later turn it into a verified author profile. The sooner you're up and running on Goodreads, the better. It's a very po- powerful social media network that's specifically devoted to books and book reviews and ratings and recommendations. And it's very much like like Facebook or something where you can follow people and they can follow you and you can friend people and see what they're reading and update your own little TBR stack and. Lots of cool functions on Goodreads. Another one that's becoming increasingly important is BookBub and Amazon Author Central. I know Amazon is the big baddie, but it's better to have control over your author profile on Amazon than to not. If you're up for it, blog. Blogs can be wonderful ways of engaging people with your voice as a writer and like your perspective without them having to commit to a full book, which in this day and age is really... Difficult, we all have very short attention spans and people are much more likely to go for an author who they've heard of and they know, and they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna like that. And that's where they're gonna spend their $17. Blogs and essays and shorter pieces can be really great ways to give people sort of a feeling for your voice. To that effect, uh, and this applies to both fiction and nonfiction people, write byline articles, essays, and book reviews and pitch them to media outlets on your own before you have a book to promote or when you have a book to promote. You can often get these placements in exchange for, you know, Sarah Maniaci is the author of X, out now or out next month with. These are great placements. These are great ways to build relationships with media outlets, which is like, if every author could do that, my job would be amazingly easy and beautiful. And when I do have when I do have the opportunity to work with authors who have been very savvy about doing this, it's much less of an uphill battle to get responsiveness, particularly from competitive editors. I can tell you, I recently went for lunch with one of the reviews editors at Publishers Weekly, and they love hearing from authors saying, I wanna review books for you guys. I can do three books a month, they pay for reviews. That's a great way for when your book comes out and it gets submitted, they go, oh yeah, friend, friend, of, the, friend of the family, we will in fact consider your book for, for review. Because even getting the review placement is, is tough. It won't necessarily be a positive review. There's no way of buying that. But really building genuine relationships, taking an approach of you will get what you give and a generous spirit towards the industry as opposed to one who just wants things and isn't giving things back that's really gonna serve you very well. So to that effect, one other thing I wanna say is build community with your comps. Hold each other up, be a book evangelist, be an enthusiast, be a fan, put good juju out into the world. Not because it's a savvy thing to do, though it is, but because it's the right thing to do. It also happens to be a very savvy thing to do. When it comes time for you to be promoting your book, you know, pitching yourself for interviews on podcasts or working with a publicist to do so or getting blurbs for your book, people are going to be much more likely to respond warmly to you if you've already built a relationship with them and you've, you've championed them in some respect. Nothing happens in a vacuum. Uh, you're not writing in a vacuum. I'm sure that there are outlets in the media that you already read regularly and are a fan of. Like, build a relationship with them before you go to them needing anything. There are a lot of people who just sort of come out of the woodwork like, hey, my book is coming out in six months. The Washington Post nonfiction book critic Carlos Lozada recently tweeted about this, that he thought it was hilarious how many new followers he gets whose Twitter profiles just happen to mention that they have a new nonfiction book coming out in approximately six months. It was like, mm-hmm, yeah, no, we, we, all, we all know that. <laughs> so it was sort of a funny verification of that. Hire professionals when it makes sense to do so, but beware, uh, because there are a lot of people in the publishing industry who will take your money because it's a very much a no guarantees business. So again, build that community, work with a referral network, people who you trust, people who you've seen the work with others that you admire. Be a little strategic about your social media if you are going to be on it. Like follow and engage with influencers and people who you hope to connect with or be on the radar of. Just remember the golden rule, which is it's better to give than to get. Retweet them, like promote their work. It's not going to be that much of a stretch for them to want to promote yours when the time comes. Do things like ARC giveaways, like advanced review copies of your books on social media or in your newsletter. People love getting something like special, like an early signed copy of the book that can really hold a lot of weight. And just know again that you as the author often know the other outlets that your readers are going to trust. So be collaborative, talk to your publicity team and your input really is valuable in this process. In conclusion, there are no magic tricks. There is no one-size-fits-all approach. It's really just building genuine connections. And any PR or marketing person who tells you otherwise that there are, you know, 10 ways or five things or uh, six rules is probably lying because <laughs> um, it's really 50% hard work and 50% luck. But I think as long as you're true to yourself and protect your creative spirit while championing others you you will ultimately be successful this is a long game so that's sort of my spiel i probably went on longer than i should have um that is fantastic i've done, I've done so
0: many marketing uh, uh marketing workshops and that is by far the most succinct and the most helpful oh thank you one that i've heard i don't know if salika feels that way but <laughs> that was great thank you thank so you. much i like the juju in the world okay who has questions so I just want to quickly, just go over the list that you, you so you said PW Daily. Was that Net Alley? Net Galley. Galley as in Galley, Book Galley? Yeah.
1: Okay. N-E-T-G-A-L-L-E-Y. One word, two words? One word.
0: One word. Okay. Library Book Polls, Shelf Awareness, Shelf for Readers, Writers Digest, Poets
1: and Writers. Is that it? Okay. You got it.
0: And if Sarah shares that list with us, we can email it to everybody who registered for the workshop. And there are
1: more. Those are just really the ones. Those are the ones I primarily subscribe to.
0: I read Publishers Marketplace every day. Yes. Is that, is that, is that different than Publishers Weekly? It is. Okay. Yeah. And was that Book Bump? B U M P. Book Bub. B U B. And there's Quill Enquirer, Omni, of course, for a
1: yeah. Canadian market.
0: I think once you start, they, you know, once you start looking these up. And they often link
1: to each other as well, so.
0: First of all, thank you. That was wonderful. Oh, thank you. Um, You said two questions quickly. Uh, We could review books, be paid for reviewing books. Um, What was the source or the resource you you gave out? Publishers
1: Weekly. Oh, Publishers Weekly. Yeah. But really any publication. You could approach the Toronto Star and say... I throw my hat in the ring as a freelance reviewer. That will help you build relationships with the books editor and with a network of authors as well. You know, you'd be surprised how friendly authors will be to somebody who has positively reviewed their book um, down the line. So it might give you access to like a tier of author that you might not otherwise be able to get. Yeah, so really anywhere that that publishes book reviews, you can approach and say, I'm a writer, here are samples of my work, I'm happy to review. Publications like Publishers Weekly, which is a trade publication, are, are really valuable for those opportunities because basically their function is to publish book reviews on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly basis. So just in case it's helpful as a follow to this question, The book trades are Publishers Weekly, which is the big one. It's like the Bible of the book industry and has just been around forever. Quill & which is Canada's equivalent of Publishers Weekly. Booklist, which is the official magazine of the ALA, which is the American Library Association. Library Journal, which is also geared to librarians. Booklist and Library Journal, like, every librarian in the United States receives as a function of their job. So not the glamour of the New York Times book review, but you're actually reaching people who are way more influential (laughs) for your book. So really, booksellers and librarians are devoted to these these publications. So PW, Library Journal, Booklist. Quill & Quire. Forward Reviews is one. Uh, It's a little smaller, um, but they're actually devoted to anything that is not published by a Big Five publisher or an imprint of theirs. So they are the trade magazine that focuses on the indie market and the small press market. And their quarterly print publication and uh, a lot of independent booksellers are very devoted to Forward and their review pages. They also love freelance reviewers at Forward and they're a great team. Book Page would be another one. They're located in Nashville. And again, a very trade-oriented publication. And Kirkus would be your, your final. So those are your book trade publications, all of which, except reviews, I think with Booklist and Library Journal, you have to be a librarian to review for them. It's a thing, but I, I hope that's helpful.
0: Yeah, no, this is great. Thank you again any advice for somebody that wants to publish anonymously or just exclusively under your pen name, but your, you know, your personal self to keep it anonymous? How would you go about that? Or
1: Under a pen name? Under a pen name and you
0: yourself are, as the actual person, you're anonymous. Does okay.
1: That make sense? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think you can build a Judy, essentially, like build an imaginary brand for the author that doesn't have your personality attached to it. But I think all the same rules apply. It just might be a little trickier. I have worked with a few pen name projects and it can be a little trickier because so much of book promotion does boil down to author brand. But I think the key there um, and something I didn't talk a lot about but could talk a lot more about is really getting to know your genre community, whatever that genre may be. So that when it comes time to be promoting the book, sending out advanced copies, or working with a publicist to do so, you can make, like, strategic recommendations. Like, I have written a horror novel, and these are the 25 websites that, that's what they do. And anybody who reads horror fiction is reading one of those websites. I don't know if anyone in this room writes horror. I actually do represent a few female horror writers, which is really fun. Um, not a genre I personally even read that much of, if if at all. But that's a, horror is a good example because it's a very distinct genre. But really, I think once you boil down any book, you can figure it out. Like contemporary fiction can be a little bit of a difficult one because it's like, well, what it? But what is it? But even even there. If you really build your duty, you can sort of figure out what are the outlets they're they're reading, and then reverse engineer your marketing plan to get to those outlets.
0: You mentioned
2: comps a number of times. Do you mean comparables, competitors, or is it both
1: all of the above yeah okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think it refers to both so yeah where who would you be next to on a table at indigo who? Again, I think the idea of reverse engineering your marketing plan is can be really valuable. I don't personally like like comparing an author to another author, at least in respect to the press release language, but I do think that in general if you can like pick two or three books where you can say readers who liked this will like that, that can be very valuable in terms of guiding who you're tapping into.
0: It's also pretty critical for the getting published part too, right? Like, I mean, certainly if you're pitching an agent in the US, you have to have, I was thinking about when you were talking about that, I mean, an agent in the US, you have to have your duty exactly right. Canada, I don't think you have to have it quite that unique, but certainly in the US you do. But publishers, you do to pitch, you know, like you need your duty. And it's, uh, I guess it's a remarkable discipline once you've got it made you know, like once you've crafted that kind of core message, then you can carry it through to the marketing side. But it's even critical now on the on the the decision to get published side. I, I follow a follow up question to the one Anne just asked though: When you said indie publishing, do you mean self publishing? Yes. So, what is anything that you've talked about different on for the for the self publishing person, or is it? Uh, The general rule's the same.
1: It it depends. The general rules are the same. And increasingly, I encourage every author, even if you get a big fat deal with one of the big publishers, to almost perceive your career as though you were an indie author and look at any additional support that you're getting as gravy. Like, that's amazing that they're helping you with that and you don't have to do it yourself and out of pocket. But I work with a lot of authors in the traditionally published space who very much treat their careers as though they were at it on their own. With, of course, the spirit of collaboration, so not stepping on the toes of your in-house team and ensuring that you're communicating with them and supporting them and not undermining their efforts, because there's no way to get on your publisher's bad side faster than doing that. (laughs) Um, Do not undermine your in-house team. They are working very, very hard They have a lot of books on their plate oftentimes. And they will be grateful for your collaboration and input and any additional efforts you want to undertake. But no, I mean, I don't think that there's a tremendous amount of difference um, in terms of your marketing and publicity strategy. The thing is, as an indie author, it's just going to be a little harder.
0: Because you have to do
1: so much more of it Mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah, and particularly with fiction. It's much harder with fiction to be an indie author because... As a new author, what you basically lack is credibility. The idea that, like, why, why you? There are so many novels out there. Why should I read yours? Um, nonfiction's a little different because oftentimes you're dealing with, like, a subject matter expert where they've written the book because they know the subject. With fiction, you've made up a story. Uh, so it really hinges on, like, your credibility as a, as a writer, uh, the craft of writing. So having a publisher well certainly not a skeleton key to you know success but that name on the spine says this has been vetted by source books or by penguin random house or by a nancy or you know whoever it might be it says it's made it through their editorial team uh, somebody else has looked at this and determined that it is you know worth reading that's a challenge as a as an indie fiction author that said I've worked with very very successful indie novelists. So it's something to be cognizant of, but it's not like a it's not a non-starter. You can be very successful as an indie as a self-published novelist. In fact, one of my favorite clients ever, she had her her first novel was traditionally published with with St. Martin's. It did pretty well, but not well enough for her to get a second book deal. And so she had to self-publish her second novel because she just The way the publishing industry was working at that moment in time, nobody wanted to take a chance on somebody who hadn't sold that well with the first one. With the second one, she self-published, and she went, okay, I'm gonna get really savvy about this whole marketing and publicity thing. Hired me, hi. (gasps) We worked together, we did get some really great press. It was a great book, Um, and like a real shame that nobody picked it up, Um, but it did so well and sold so many copies that her third book got picked up by Penguin Random House. So she went from sort of mid-sized press, self-pub, big press, and the third one hit the New York Times bestseller list. So it was like, there, there is a way. <laughs> um, don't be discouraged by self-publishing. Last, uh, last month
0: I was at the Edinburgh Book Festival and um, Roddy Doyle was giving a talk. And he, what he mentioned during his talk was that when he wrote The Commitments, which was his first novel, he couldn't get a publisher interested in the work. So he published it himself. And then the first review that was published in Dublin said, nobody outside of Dublin is ever going to be interested in these characters. Nobody cares outside of Dublin. And of course, he went on to great success with that novel. And then that launched his career elsewhere. So I think, and it's because the work was good, you know, even if the publisher couldn't figure that out, the work was good. So there is different roads forward, which I guess has been what we've been hearing from you, that it's. There are multiple ways to do this, if you're all in to do it. Yeah,
1: and I think that the best way is the way that feels the best for you. The best way is being unapologetically, enthusiastically yourself and like leaning into that. Not trying to be good at Twitter if you suck at Twitter and you don't like it. (laughs) Don't do anything that like strips your joy from this process. It, you won't be more successful because of it. I have, I have yet to meet an author who has been pigeonholed into doing social media, who it's turned into be like this great thing that they did. Usually they have like 72 followers and they're like, oh, why, why can't I make this work? And it's like, because you're not really inclined to it.
2: Uh, hello, thank you very much. I think I have 2.5 questions. The first one is, oh uh, yeah, as I, I am a writer. Uh, but until pays, until I get rich, let's put it like that. I am a freelancer, self-employed, full-time, uh, well, so, so to speak, full money. And uh, as a, I provide marketing, language, and editorial services to creative industries, and um, uh, so yeah, and I usually do uh, brand strategies for for artists. And it's really, really complicated to do that to yourself. When I was published, well, I decided to be a writer, not to be known for what I look like or, or, you know, I don't want to be a superstar. I want my my work to be a superstar. I spent a lot of time thinking about what would be my brand strategy to be hidden, but people just know the um, the work. So my second book was published last March, and I left the country, so I came here. It was published in France. I, um, I came here without promoting it, Well, it like a mini, tiny promotion. And I opened uh, an Instagram account for that. But it turns out that my fan base, they like me, they like the person because they see me doing stand-up comedy. And uh, this is actually how I sell my books. I do st- the stand-up show and people just align. You know. And uh, so... They, they like the person. Uh, and I found out that if the longer I'm single, the more fans I have. Um, so uh, I decided not to talk about, because I, I would lose followers uh, if I talk about my private life. So, so this, I, I'm getting new tips from them of, of what my strategy should be. And yeah, actually, they give me the courage to show myself. Because they actually love what they say, so uh, it, you have more faith in yourself when you do that. But I decided to be published because i, I did not want to do the the promotion job uh, it's it's actually it's it's easier to do that for someone else because it's not your babies it's not uh, you know it rejection is so hard uh, when when you spent when when you bled writing that uh, when and you you're the person you you writers right you you you're gonna love and hate your baby at the same time, so um, it's really complicated and it's so scary. So I decided, yeah, uh, I want a publisher to take all my money. You know, I don't want that, but you know, that was a deal. So, but I don't know if it's all if all publishers are like that. But mine in France, um, they don't do the promotion job that well. They they really they're really lazy. They use the their bestseller to to make. Not for all the income, but the new new authors, the young ones, yeah, yeah. You have to do the jobs ourselves. And I don't have that personality. Uh, uh, you mentioned calling podcasts or pitching a podcast. I did not know that you could pitch a podcast. I thought the podcast has to hear about you and contact you. This is how I, it's been.
1: Sometimes they find out about you organically, and that's a perfect world. But typically, that requires hitting a certain sort of threshold of notoriety. Like, I, I've worked with authors who have gone from we're pitching to we're fielding pitches. But that's a, real, that's a real shift. You have to sort of hit critical mass where people know your name and want you proactively. Yeah, that's the ideal outcome. <laughs> the,
2: the question is, the question is, uh, what are the qualities of um, good indie writers? What should we have to be... Because in Canada, I, I would consider, I would think about being self-published, uh, because it's, the, this country is actually teaching me to network. I don't, I didn't know. Uh, uh, so maybe the networking part would help me find the qualities for um, for self-publishing. And the second question is to you: Who is Jodi? So you, when you say you have to know your Jodi.
0: Oh, <laughs> the um, uh, the. Who your market is like, so yeah. I was talking at the bit, the, the beginning, Judy, <clears throat> which is the which is a um, the the your kind of target reader.
2: Yes. Okay. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. So in respect to the qualities of a successful indie author, I think they're very much the same as the qualities of a successful any author or writer, uh, because I think there's increasingly not that much of a divide between the the two. But it really comes back to, I think, not doing anything inauthentic for the sake of promotion, but really, like, you guys all, by being here, are doing a great job at promoting yourself and your book. That's a big part of it, is building community and supporting others. If you feel nervous and anxious about promoting yourself, uh, my advice would be don't. Support others. Promote others. It will very likely result in them supporting you when you have something that it's time for the favor to be reciprocated. Be a fan. You know, I, I have had the opportunity to work with some amazing authors to that effect, where, you know, the reason they write domestic thrillers is because they love domestic thrillers and they read them voraciously and they know who all of the other authors in their category are. And when they meet them, they're like, I loved your last book, and I told my book club about it, and, you know, we tried to get you into our library. And people really actually respond very well to that. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> yeah, go figure. <laughs> Flattery. But, you know, again, not for the sake of, of uh, being disingenuous or, or, like, climbing. I think everybody can see through that when it's very clearly... You know, you're like, oh, you're so great. Oh, will you, will you tweet about my book? Um, you know, it's like, no thanks, but no thanks. And and you know, funnily enough, to that effect. So I was recently working with a nonfiction client on an endorsement project where her new book is going to be out uh, in February of next year, and she's looking for blurbs to put on the cover. And I said, okay, sure, I can help you. Usually, I'm working with media, but in this case, I so said, yeah, let's let's do a blurb engagement the author and the thing i encouraged her to do was write a pair so together we identified a list of people who we thought would make for powerful blurbs for this specific book and topic and then i asked her can you write me a short paragraph to each of them from you about like why them like why gretchen rubin what has gretchen rubin inspired in your life that would make her want to respond to you. Why Gloria Steinem? Like, what's the connection there? Instead of just, dear Gloria, we are seeking endorsements for her. Like, eh, you know, like she's not busy enough. I have been shocked by the amount and level of responses we've gotten just from taking the extra 10 minutes to really personalize the approach and make it something that's like heartfelt and there's a reason behind it instead of, you know, marketing spam. I think that the, the, the rule is everybody can smell BS. Everybody can smell self-serving. So really move away from a, I need to promote myself mindset and towards a generosity mindset of sort of gratitude and, and really letting other people know how their work affects you. You know, I would hope that you all read. <laughs> if you're writing books. Uh, So becoming a part of your community in that sense. Yeah, I hope that's helpful. Hi, thank you so much. This has been really helpful. Uh, I have two hopefully quick questions. Um, So my first one is, what if you write across multiple genres? How do you approach your duty in that sense? Like, would you recommend like really trying to stick To one or I I guess I'll let you answer instead of providing you with answers and then my second one is uh, you you mentioned a lot of good um, sort of industry news places I was wondering if you had sort of any recommendations for good like industry-ish events in Toronto like networking events obviously that people would be welcome at not to crash Um, so those are my two questions thanks Multiple genres, that is a great question, and it's, it's a tricky one. It really is. How different are they? Very. <laughs> okay. okay, yeah. So I have had to uh, divorce uh, sort of authors from their own work in certain respects. Like, I, I kid you not, uh, and maybe you guys won't be surprised by this, but I had an author a few years ago, I was working with who on the one hand wrote children's books and on the other hand wrote erotic romance. So it's like, hmm, no. (laughs) I'm like, I really think you should have considered having like a pen name for one of them because it's just very confusing to everybody and like (laughs) somewhat disturbing. Um, Yeah, so in that, I was like, no, you need to get a pen name. Like that, we need to almost look at these like we're divorcing you from yourself, you have a split personality. If it's more like, you know, I write some sci-fi thrillers and my other work is literary, again, there's going to be a slight divorce that should go on there uh, because one of them is very genre and the other one is not. But I would think if they're both in the adult fiction or both in adult fiction, non-fiction categories, your voice might be uh, somewhat similar, so I wouldn't necessarily completely like separate them. I think it's okay to be under the same pen name, uh, particularly if it's a fiction/non-fiction thing. There are a number of you know people I've worked with who write novels and also have two nonfiction books in their past. You just have to promote the books differently, but I think that your brand as an author uh, can be can be pretty consistent. And again, like think about. You know, who's your, who's your reader? Are they like a university grad? Are they, you know, a teen? Figuring out all of those little demographic data points is, is gonna be really helpful. And I'm happy to discuss that question more because it's a, it's a really tricky one. Um, and I've faced a few tricky situations with that. In terms of events in Toronto, I have to tell you, I, I wish, and I welcome you, your guys' feedback on that, of any you know of, I personally, as mentioned, work with Smith Publicity, which is actually a US-based firm, and I travel quite a bit currently. Currently, I don't have any clients in Canada. All of my clients are either Americans, and I have two Brits. So, I am not as involved in the Toronto publishing scene as I probably should be, or would like to be, but this is, an, Diaspora Dialogues is an amazing organization, and uh, this is- Tell us more sir. Yeah, I know, really, and I, I've been like just blown away by what you guys have put together here with this symposium and I think it's a great way to bring, bring the community together. And one thing to that effect that I wanna say is, if it works for you, if you're the kind of person who you know, is not completely petrified of putting yourself out there, be the change you want to see in the community. If you want a writer's group, start a writer's group. (laughs) Like, if you want a monthly, you know, wine and talk about our works in progress, be the one to put it out there. Maybe nobody shows up in the first month or the second month. And then in the third month, two people show up. And like, you can do that. You don't need to sit around and wait for other people to build stuff for you to join. You can build stuff for other people to join. So I think you should feel very empowered to do that.
0: It does remind me, Zalika, that maybe we should put together a list of... of there is a lot of reading and reading series in, in Toronto. Um, I, sat, I just recently sat on the Toronto Arts Council organizational jury for reading series, and there's wax of them, more than I understood. And so I think maybe we'll put some effort into collating a list of them and then make them available on our website or uh, to people who have uh, registered here. And I think Toronto Arts Council also has a list of the reading series. Writers' Union probably has a list on their website, too. Writers' Union actually has some great resource guides there. They have a list of all Canadian publishers that you can can sort by genre and by location. They have a list of Canadian agents. The Writers' Union of Canada, they have guides, you know, they have tax guides, they have publishing guides, they have uh, legal contracts. If you have to negotiate your own contract, you can't afford a lawyer. Or don't have an agent. So the Writers Union Canada has, and the Association of Canadian Publishers uh, also has a great website full of, uh, full of lists of things. But please join me in thanking Sarah for being here with us today. We hope you enjoyed this program. Please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast provider. If you're an emerging writer interested in receiving our open calls for submissions or invites to our events, please join our DD newsletter by emailing us at info at diasporadialogues.com with subscribe in the subject line. Thanks so much for listening.